nothing else matters. Get, uh, <laughs> get, get Doctor Who out of the way. Get Eldrain out of the way. I just I want, want to hear I want about all Ixalan. that stuff out of the way ASAP. <laughs> Make it winter. Let's talk about dinosaurs. What's yeah. up? It's season fucking three. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Commander Podcast, where myself and other guests come on to talk about our favorite uncommon legendary creatures that we like to play as commanders. It's always a mouthful when I say that. I need to need to just trim it down here and there. I have light on today! Hi! Uh, if anyone doesn't know, light, previous guest light, has been on the show, uh, is part of the Praetors for Change charity, uh... Or organize. I don't know how to describe you guys because you all you all do. Just it's. I'm. Let me go for a second here because every time because when when I heard through the grapevine from, I believe it was you who told me about it. Um, you're like we're doing charity stuff. I'm like great. It's gonna be about Praetors. All right. It's gonna be about Phyrexians. It's like all right. That's pretty particular. And then uh, <laughs> and then now we are here after the Phyrexian invasion across the multiverse, and everyone's like kind of a little bit tired about Phyrexians. We're doing another charity event. I am no longer tired about Phyrexians. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to hear that. You know, I I am happy to continue making people either continue loving or grow further sick of Phyrexians. Um, because our theming is probably not going to change. Although, although yeah. maybe, maybe I sneak out some information. Maybe I give you a sneak peek that we haven't told anyone outside of the team. Oh yeah, what, what's the next? What? Our next event is in October. No it's way! Gonna be a, it's going to be a double feature. That's we're going to be raising money for two different charities, and we're going to do multiverse versus Phyrexians. So you can choose a team and either play as with a legendary commander, that our legendary Phyrexian, or somebody who fought the Phyrexians. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of different planes and peoples who have fought the. Yeah, making the list has been really hard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you, you put put the put the like the spectacles on. You're like, all right, let's let's look at the lore. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Originally, originally we were going to do Mirans versus Phyrexians, and there are a total of seven legendary creatures in like Scars of Mirrodin block. Yeah, and five of them are Phyrexian Praetors. Yeah, it's uh, it's the... you really can feel the like when yeah. Commander started to take over in the timeline. Well, not only that, but like when you think about the Miran resistance, it's like yeah, they probably wouldn't have too many like named folks on their side that you know, are legal as commanders, but that's a whole, that's a whole other... It's really funny, because they didn't get names until they were Phyrexians, like Unctus, Rhea Evor, both yeah, yeah, unnamed like... Mirans that got legendary titles. Oh, jeez. All Will Be One and, and March of the Machines were some sets that we had to go through, and, uh... This is going to be a terrible segue because today's conversation is about two things. One of which, uh, we're going to be going to take a step back to uh, Battle for Baldur's Gate. Uh, mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about Commander Lyra, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this because I heard you say it differently than I thought, but Portier? 
Port Portier? I don't know. I I think Portier. Yeah. Um, and if anyone doesn't know, I mean, hey, Baldur's. Listen, Baldur's Gate three is out. All right. So at this point, you have no excuse because <laughs> Commander's Legend Battle for Baldur's Gate is actually a a sweet set. It was it, so good. It's so good, and I'm loving it more in retrospect now. But um. So we're talking about Boros again. Uh, thanks for coming to the podcast. We'll see you next time. But um, but really, though, Bor- Boros has been getting super big boosts here and there. And uh, Commander Liara here has a pretty unique effect by being a five red and a white. Or sorry, I said that wrong. Five mana total, three red and a white for a five three oh. human soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Words, mana value. Um, whenever you attack, spells you cast from exile this turn cost X less to cast X is the number of players being attacked. Which, you know, hey, most of the time we're playing with three other players, but you never know. Um, exile the top two cards of your library until the end of turn you may cast spells from among those exiled cards. So, we... Mana reduction on impulse spells. That's insane. I love Commander Liara Portier because she is a Boros attack commander that has Boros card draw and ramp stabled onto her. She gives you both, and it's fucking cool. And I've been, and every time I'm like, you know, you can have one, but you can't have the other. Like, and but they've been slowly adding at more and more incremental effects here and there. Like, what was her name? That Niali, I think, from the. Mirrored, uh, the Mirin resistance deck mm-hmm, was like mm-hmm. you you know you get card advantage by using um tokens which you know that not necessarily a unique thing to boros but is one other avenue of getting card advantage in in red and white which is super great um but the other thing that i like about liara here is that uh the synergy with casting from exile effects uh, mm-hmm. which red has been getting a bunch uh, within the last little bit, and sometimes you just you're like, "Hey, um, let's get ourselves." Um, oh, geez, what's the enchantment's name off the top of my head? Passionate archaeology. Passionate archaeology. My, like yeah. my favorite enchantment, my favorite background of all time. Commander creatures you own have whenever you cast a spell from exile. This creature deals damage equal to that spell's mana value to target opponent. Which I've been on the receiving end of many passionate archaeologists, and I've been the 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 archaeologist e i don't know it's it's just a great enchantment <laughs> what do you mean e- archaeologist you've been the archaeologist archaeologist is a word i, I know i just listen i've been the receiver and dealer of damage is basically what i'm saying this enchantment is bonkers every time i manage to use it. you like to deal damage in command a commander i like reducing life totals with red effects i am a red mage at heart at the end of the day meaningful reduction of life totals advanced that's what it is meaningful is it advancement of the game state via meaningful reduction of life totals Emperor's yes. Quinn, Emperor's I'm so Quinn. sorry hey you know what fail to get back to you on that one um but yeah this I can already see the synergy in the list that you got here obviously like what was what was the method what was the goal what did you have around and what did you have to go get um, what did I, well, I, as a, a resident proxy everythinger, oh, okay. um, it didn't I just matter. looked at, <laughs> I didn't, didn't matter. I just looked through cards that I thought were cool. I gravitated to Liara because she's like a worse Narset. 
in a lot of ways. She's Narset with extra steps. That's what she is. Um, but she she also is abusable in the same way that OG Narset is, where if you slap on extra turn spells, or in Boros's case, extra combat spells, then you just get to go to town. And some of the neat the neat rules interaction is that Commander Liara Portier says whenever you attack, spells you cast from exile this turn cost X less to cast, where X is the number of players being attacked. Um, this can happen multiple times. So you attack once, spells you cast from exile this turn are now discounted by three. And then you attack a second time, and now spells you cast from exile are discounted by six. And then you attack again, and they're discounted by nine. And then you cast Crackle with power, and the tut table is dead. Hi, Aurelia the War Leader. Hi, Bloodthirster. Can you uh, please get in there? That'd be great. Also, Angelic oh. Skirmisher is a favorite of mine because it works in the same way. Angelic yeah. Skirmisher, six drop, four, four, flying angel. Uh, lets you at the beginning of combat choose first strike vigilance each, or lifelink creatures you control. Game combat, everyone. I want to. Uh, th- hey, let's go back to Gate Watch. No, not Gate Watch. Which one was this? Gate, not Gate Crash. It was the second. No, it was the first return. This was Gate Crash. This was Gate Crash. Okay, yeah. So hey, second block in the return to Ravnica block, right? So we got the six mana four four. Each combat doesn't matter if it's yours. Doesn't matter if it's your opponent's. (laughs) You're gonna choose choose first strike vigilance or lifelink. I mean, if you're on the defensive, let's not get ourselves here. You're choosing vigilance. You're not choosing vigilance. You're choosing first strike and or lifelink, and then (laughs) creatures you control gain that ability. That's I love this card so much. It's so cool. But but yeah. I, I could definitely see how you're like, all right, so we're going to go to combat. Also, hey, Carlock, Fury of Avernus is in here. Right, uh, Carlock is in here. Uh, Bloodthirster and Morag are in here. We've got Waves of Aggression and... You know, just for the uh, real... Breath of Fury. I was going to say, the real combo here is obviously Sword of Hearth and Home with Aurelia the War Leader. Or Bloodthirster. Or Bloodthirster if you have a haste source. That was something I learned the other day when I was like, I cast Bloodthirster. Right, look, look yes. Look down. Oh, I lose the game. Never mind. It was... It was... How many haste enablers do I have? And I've got one. I know I've got Mass Hysteric in here. That's two. Hey, I have where's, I where's have the boobies. good old Rising of the Day? I mean, if, if we're playing a few legendary creatures in this deck, we want to make sure we get that plus one, plus so in haste. Rising of the day. What is that? Hey, what it's the card? new fervor. Oh. Hey, do you like fervor? Let's downshift it and slap on arbitrary legendary matters onto that. Oh. And I'm like, oh. what is happening? That was oh. the sh- that was the shocking thing, and maybe it kind of coincides with the uh, the other discussion that we're going to be having here in a second. But it's just you know, a l- it's the power creep in Magic has been super duper real. And the fact, <laughs> when we think about it, even in Commander Legends, which is technically, if you look at it, a, a universe is beyond set, but not, it's not because it was a core set, which is super weird, or, no, sorry, the original D&D set was a core set, and this was a supplemental set, that is not a, you it's weird, but Liara Porter wouldn't have existed a few years ago, mm-hmm. for Boros especially, um, but fast forward to today, and obviously, like, Boros is starting to get more and more of that incremental card advantage and impulse draws, and it's just like, it's so good, but she just puts everything together, and it's beautiful. 
Uh, I want to throw out a real a real all-star real quick. Four. Actually, you know, I'm going to give four rapid-fire uh, cool cards because I really liked New Capenna and New Capenna Commander. Uh, mm -hmm. The three quick ones in this deck are Devilish Valet, Witty Roastmaster, and Sizzling Soloist, who all have alliance abilities. Devilish Valet, three drop, Trample Haste, one three, Devil Warrior. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control this turn, double Devilish Valet's power until end of turn. That's really silly whenever you attack and make three tokens, and then you get to attack again and make three more tokens. Oh no, we've just murdered Steven. Uh, Witty Ropesmaster, Alliance, ETB from creatures, deal one damage to each opponent. They're dead faster. And Sizzling Soloist makes it so that creatures are not able to block via Alliance. But the one that's really cool from the commander set is Aerial Extortionist. It has some text. Oh, I uh, love this card. For flying 4-3, four, 5-drop, white, enters the battlefield, or deals combat damage, exile up to one target non-land permanent. For that long, as long as that card remains exiled, its owner may cast it. So that's neat. It's like a repeatable but softer Oblivion Ring. Um, the cool part is whenever another player casts a spell from anywhere, other than their hand, draw a card. So when you get that loop going with Liara, it turns from like, okay, we're getting some impulse draw. And also, every time we impulse cast, we get to actually just put a card in our hand. But that feels good. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that um, Aerial Extortionist also kind of reminds me of a blue card, Ghostly Pilferer. Um, obviously, in this case, mm -hmm. much more relevant to us as the active player, but also like, hey, whenever casting, people are casting stuff from exile, casting stuff from their graveyard, casting their commander, you're getting card advantage. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, white, this, first of all, area extortionist, silly card. If this was less mana, it'd be even more obscene. So having it at five is, is just perfect. Um, and then it's... People, I, I don't know how many times I've seen people be like, yeah, I've copied this thing like two or three times to Commander game and I've caused this bitch problems. And I'm like, man, people don't actively want to be recasting their dudes if they don't have to. Oh, it feels really bad. It's like, oh, this is worth an Oblivion Ring. But it feels worse to be told, okay, you can't get it back by removing the Aerial Extortionist. You have to recast it. Yeah, at least it's not like... um. There was a there was a card from Strixhaven, I think, that like for three mana it enters play, you look at the opponent's hand, you exile it, they have to cast it, but then they have to cast it for two more. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, white, I think, can afford to do these types of effects, more of these types of effects in the future, because it's not you just gotta start applying more and more taxes in really weird, arbitrary ways. Um But yeah. Aerial Extortionist, what a card. New Capenna mm -hmm. is also super duper cool. New Capenna was has so many good cards in it, and New Capenna Commander has so many even more good cards in it. I'm gonna bounce back to Baldur's Gate though for a second. <laughs> for to, one second, for un Baylor. Uh, Baylor is so fucking cool. I love hitting somebody more than one time in a turn with a Baylor and roasting them for the number of cards in their hand. Five drop five five flying demon from Baldur's Gate. Whenever it attacks or dies, choose up to one. Each mode must target a different player. Uh, so you attack one person, and then you get to distribute these little these little banes. Target opponent draws three cards, then discards three at random. Cool. Target opponent sacrifices a non-token artifact. Great. Powerful. Deal. Baylor deals damage to target opponent equal to the number of cards in their hand. hand. It's like, hey, buddy, nice full grip you got there. Take seven. 
I'm yeah. going to attack again. Take I seven more. Take seven more, yeah. I have uh, Baylor in my Yishin Two Heavens is one deck because it is an attack trigger as well, as well as a dice trigger. Um, but then you start realizing, like, it's, it's like, I have Inferno Titan and other things like that, where it's like, let's just burn the table, but also burn my opponents out. And Baylor is just that card. Uh, and the other thing I love, and I love, and I, I've mentioned this hundreds of times, uh, Baylor itself is dealing the damage, meaning if mm-hmm. for whatever arbitrary reason you have, Angelic Skirmisher on the battlefield, and it has lifelink. It has lifelink. You know, you're gaining that life back. You're swinging in again. You're gaining that life back. It's, you have, you, Acroma's willed your board. Mm-hmm. You just go absolutely ham. You know, Baylor's got double strike. Now it's dealing that damage again. You're like, all right, so I'm going to deal you 10. But then because you're full grip, you're also going to be taking 14. Oh, wait, there's more. Here we go again. And it's This just... deck is so excessive. That's what it is. It is the epitomant of indulging in excess, which is also a good card from, Bal- er, um, from Nuka Pena Commander, which is in this deck. Ah. So basically what we're saying here is, is that you're taking the best from across the multiverse and even beyond the multiverse looking at you <laughs> bloodthirster and you are cramming it all together in in a deck that is a heinous um egregious uh oh i, I was trying to I don't, it's it's just you know it's it's a mock it's bleh, powerful boros decks i don't know what else to say like it we're taking everything that is brand new in magic within pro- i would probably say what do I want to say? Last four or five years of development and, and more fleshing out of the color and giving commanders player what commander players what they want, probably too much, um, and and putting the best of the best of it in a singular deck. Mm-hmm. I love Boris so much. I do too. I'm so and happy that's with such this. a weird feeling for me because I was I used to be the person that's like, why the fuck would I ever play white? Green is so much better. And now I play more red and white decks. Like not just Boros, but like red and white show up together in more decks than any other color combination for me. I, I've just found I, I don't know what the transition was over the years, because when I started playing Magic in 2011 um something like selesnia grabbed onto me really quickly first it was mono white but it was de- like sorry it was green and then mono white and then it was like selesnia i'm like selesnia is great and then simic came out um and i was like wow simic's pretty cool like i don't like bant com- combined but i do like selesnia and i do like simic and then Prophet of Crufix got printed and then everything went downhill from there because Prophet of Crufix <laughs> is an absolutely busted magic card. Um, but there was this transition of playing like Sultai and Teamer decks over like for the first five years I've been playing Commander and then White started just kind of getting these little things here and there. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty neat. Oh, they printed Audric again in, in Shadows of Verandestraw. That's that's super cool too. And then they're like, hey, how about, uh, I don't know, um... Like, yeah, let's print Morog, you know, for extra combats. Let's get, you know, minor incremental stuff like Sky Knight Vanguard. I love the fact that it just makes a tiny little dude mm-hmm. when it's tapped and attacking is evasive. Halo you know, Fountain, Archaeomancer's Map, brought back Grand Kashyyyk. Oh, brought back. So good. Yeah. It, 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 I've it, abused brought back so many so times. So many times. It's like, oh, do you want lands? Do you... Do you do you play fetch lands? How about you get your two fetch lands back and, and do it again? 
Oh, do you play Colony Heart Expedition? Because it's really funny to get Colony Heart Expedition and a fetch land back and then crack the Colony crack Heart Expedition yeah, right for away, your fetch right lands away. resolve. They're like, why, why, are you do, why do you do this? It's like, first of all, we did not know you could do this years ago. And then this card got printed and it allowed me to do it again. And also, I like ramping, so leave me alone. Green ramp is at its most powerful when white is supporting it. Yeah. You know, uh, you sure you can play your Crucible of Worlds, but let's be real here. I don't know, fetch. I could argue fetch lands were a mistake, but that's not for me to say because I don't really play them a whole lot. Cosmic uh, intervention, battle angels of tear, drum bellower, welcoming drum- vampire. <laughs> how do you I like untapping? How do you like untapping your creatures on everyone else's turns in white? Uh, it won't be a problem, I promise. Prosperous partnership and drum bellower is a drug. Prosperous. Partnership. There's so many cards in New Capenna that I'm still coming across. People are like, hey, have you seen this one? And I'm like, no, because I obviously, as much as I like trying to keep up with all the new magic sets within the last few years, it's very difficult to always just perceive and understand everything you're saying. And don't get me wrong, I'm a Boros player, so you'd think this would be great, but it just slipped under my radar until it was like, all right, so it makes dudes. All right, it makes tiny, it makes citizens. All right, cool. What else does it do? It makes a treasure if you tap three creatures. Well, that could be a lot more relevant than you think. And uh, yeah, it just kind of cascades from there when you get untap effects like Drumbell or if you're playing Naya, if you do get your... Uh, um, what's the... Uh, the uh, but, uh, seaborn Muse. I know my magic cards, <laughs> trust me. Um, and it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's just... Red and white now has gotten so good. It's like, okay... So your early game is making small, aggressive creatures that may or may not be able to make treasure tokens whenever they swing out, or ETB, or deal damage. Captain Lannery Storm, I'm looking at you. You've been printed so many times. You've gotten new artworks. It's beautiful. Captain Lannery Storm. She got printed in the Multiverse Legends uh, again, and then I'm pretty sure she's Oh, she did. She got a coin. She she got a coin, and I think she got um, at least another printing in... The Commander Master it, said. It looks like it's just the coin to me. Um, she has a an etched foil version, but that's true. But yeah, hot she's, take. I don't like the etched foils very much. That's you know, hey, everyone's everyone's got the thing. I just, I do tend to like the how they don't curl as much. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, but yeah, uh, it's I, I will be sharing this link. Uh, in in the description, so I do encourage everyone to take a look at this, but, like, there's just so many little things here, and you're attacking it from all angles. Like, hey, you're gonna be const- you're gonna be constantly casting stuff from exile, it's gonna be super duper cheap, uh, treasures are gonna help uh, make this a lot easier to do once you get to that point. You're like, well, I'm at, like, you know, oh, I'll reduce it by X, so now it's literally just red and, wh- or red and white, or red red, or, or whatever it happens to be. I'll just crack a couple treasures for that here and there. Good to go. You're ramping yourself constantly. Like it is, it is easily Boros Boros's best hits. Dot deck, and there's nothing absolutely wrong with that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go to this. Let's go to the second subject here. Hell yeah! Because uh, <laughs> they uh, okay. Wizards of the Coast announced their 2024. Uh, uh, sets for the year. They gave the titles and what the focus was going to be for each of them. And they went from quarter one through quarter four. 
So, um, going into the end of 2023, quarter four, um, oh, there's just so much to go over. Let's preface something here. This is something I wanted to go over, and, and as magic is expanding, and we're getting universes beyond stuff, and the game is, is changing, probably in a lot of ways people are, are finding to be too fast or too different, is that... It, it it's still Magic the Gathering at the end of the day, regardless of like what skin is on the card. Um, and we have uh, Doctor Who coming out uh, in the near future. And I'm no fan of Doctor Who, really. I've seen the bits and pieces of it. I was around in the Tumblr days when Super Who Lock was going around, which is, if you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. I won't worry about it. <laughs> but it's, you, there was... You, you know, Doctor Who was really big, and obviously, ha- seeing as many people get excited about it on Twitter, uh, I mean X, excuse me. Um, no, 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 it's Twitter. No. <laughs> I'm going to continue saying Twitter and tweet until I am banned. Until I'm banned, and then something else happens. But um, the th- the the cool thing here is that everyone gets something they want out of it, right? I'm I'm probably gonna see if if there's anything in like the universe beyond sets that we get in the future. If if they don't appeal to me, I'll see if there's cool stuff. But if there's nothing there, then you want hey, I'm 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 chill to move on. And then if I have to face I don't know the eleventh Doctor, we will now be expanding it to Megatron versus the eleventh Doctor versus <laughs> Cloud Strife versus Ezio Auditore. It's uh you know stuff's gonna happen. So. What they announced uh, was Jurassic Park in the Lost Caverns of Ixalan, which is super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Light, please share with the world exactly how you feel. I am so excited. I just want to play more dinosaurs. I love Jurassic Park, and I want to see Rexy on a magic card. I see Raymond Swanland, who I learned recently after like looking at his his bulk of work through Magic the Gathering, yeah. actually is just my favorite magic artist. I didn't know I had a favorite magic artist. He's done three out of the five Worm Coil engines. Um, he he's he's it- done Vampire Nocturnus. Yeah, uh, he's done Belladros Witherbloom. Uh, God Eternal, not God Eternal, um, Elder, what's, uh, God Pharaoh, God Pharaoh, Nicol Bolas. Yeah. Some of my greatest personal hits in magic. And now I get to see him depicting the iconic scene where Rexy roars at the end of Jurassic Park and the banner is falling. And I want to see what this magic card is. I was going to say, uh, his artwork is always guaranteed to be spiky in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And you can just recognize it, like, you could recognize the artwork, like, a mile away, and I think that's great, so him doing dinosaur stuff is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Jurassic Park is going to be in a, a sort of the tie-in for the Lost Caverns of Ixalan, like how um, Dracula was. was for, oh, well, yeah, no, Dracula, well, no, Dracula was a um, Godzilla replication. Yeah, um, so, the oh, so the Jurassic Park one isn't ju- going to be... The Jurassic Park cards are going to be mechanically unique cards like the Transformers were from oh, Brothers okay. War. Got it. All right, cool. That's And you know, they, and they tie in perfectly, so no big deal there. Mm-hmm. Um, following that, going into the new year of 2024, we got Ravnica Remastered. Neat. Love it. Um, 
Murders at Karlov Manor, mm-hmm. which they also have Ravnica Clue Edition as a <laughs> tie-in, but it's still magic, like, it's still card-based, so that'll be super cool to see how that works out. But yeah, we're going back to Ravnica, but this time it's a very isolated thing. Guilds are not that big of a deal, which I think is which a very... is good. It's That's a good, so good. It'll be a, a breath of fresh air. Also, who doesn't love murder mysteries? Like, come on, it'll be super duper cool. I love Ravnica as a setting, but if you line up 12 two-colored rares um, from all of the Ravnica sets, War of the Spark with Standing, um, against each other and cover the set symbol, I can't tell you what set those cards are from. I, it's indistinguishable. It's all just a mess. So much of the plot of Ravnica is the guilds might start a war again. Uh, and then we get 20 mythic rare legendary creatures. I want something different out of Ravnica. Put Rakdos in the West. Speaking of the West, Outlaws of Thunder Junction uh, will be in quarter two, which is the Wild West theme set, which is super cool. And something I'll go back into here for a second here, because what I find really funny about the criticism of how people feel about Universes Beyond is happening within, it's quote-unquote happening within Magic itself. We go to New Capenna, for example, which is a early 1900s gangster-themed plane or city. We look at, like, Kaladesh, which is more or less, like, steampunk slash magitech punk kind of thing and i'm like i don't care we're if if and the fact that there was that artwork <laughs> with it's got to be rakdos it can't not be rakdos right or i the, believe that rakdos cow, is a, a fourth dimension character on. who is as big as he needs to be in the scene because the omen paths are still open which is super great so now we get this weird cool cross planner like the outlaws are getting together, cause some trouble on the plane, and that'll be super cool. I'm, I'm actually very excited for that. I one. love the idea of it's probably Vasca and probably Jace and Oko, and Rakdos just shows up and sees Vasca and Jace, and like, aren't you two war crew? You know what? I don't care. I don't care. We're in it. Um, they following that in March. They specifically noted it to be March. Um, we are going to be getting commander decks based off of Fallout. Um, you know, Fallout by, um, Black Isle, uh, Bethesda, kind of, but we'll, that, you know, Bethesda, but yeah, like, okay, we're gonna have a Warhammer 40k situation with commander precons that are based in Fallout, and I'll tell you what, I'm psyched, I'm super hype. I'm happy. I don't care about the fallout series but it's one of those that like i'm sure i'll enjoy the cards that come out of it because there are some things about the fallout setting that are just cool yeah and again we could be critic you know it, it here's the thing right like if we are already dabbling into some forms of magitech and you know i was i remember um i was on stream the other night and we were talking about how a portrayal of a gun had existed in magic artwork on like a, a like a mono white card from like Homelands or whatever, like it's a lady with like yeah, a rifle. she's just holding a, a normal ass rifle. And and the thing is, is that like regardless of whether or not primitive firearms or like blunderbusses, like we already have cannons going on in on Ixalan and probably a bunch of other places. Yes, we have magic Halo guns 
on New Capenna, but... We're... And you know what? I've said it before, I do really love that the answer to the, the Phyrexian threat turned out to be drugs and guns. Thank you, New Capenna. <laughs> Angels, drugs, and guns. And... Oh. New Capenna woke up in the morning and said, I'm going to shoot it with my gun. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> Call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> it's just like, whoa. Um, so yeah. Uh, so Fallout after Outlaws of Thunder Junction, because, like, you know, oh, wizards jumping the shark. Uh, we go to the, um, Bloomborough, uh, which is, um, I, I never read them or, or, or kind of got absorbed, like, what was the word I want? I never got exposed to Redwall or Watership mm-hmm. Down or any of the any of the types of like movies or shows or books where it depicted tiny animals, you know, regular sized animals like in our life just doing stuff. Um Bloomborough is ha- like the main art we saw from that is a tiny mouse with a leaf cloak holding <laughs> what's basically can only be described as a needle going against a flaming wolf, which like that seems super sick to me. So yeah. there's going to be a lot of things very exciting about that. That'll be appealing to a lot of people for very different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. And we're ho- and everyone's also hoping to see that any characters we've seen before happen to be from that plane. Um, and then following that uh, to the end of 2024, um, they announced a modern horror-based set called Duskmorn, the House of Horror, which is apparently a giant mansion just filled with, like, no doubt, eldritch horrors and, like, whatever other, like, more modern horror conventions that we have compared to, like, gothic horror that we've been seeing Mm -hmm. in, like, Innistrad and stuff. Um, And then they announced Modern Horizons 3, which I can only imagine will be an absolute disaster because it will radically (laughs) change modern again and give modern players something to complain about. Uh, They don't need the ammunition. (laughs) Modern Horizons 2 already did that by itself. Uh, Oh, also, there's also Assassin's Creed crossover at some point in summer around July. That's that cool. one's just strictly not for me, but I'm happy for the people. I am happy if anybody enjoys a Universes Beyond product, even if I don't care about it, because I like Universes Beyond. I don't play Fortnite, but, but it happens. the mess that I see when I see clips of Fortnite of Goku dabbing on Darth Vader. On I'm Darth like, Vader, yeah. You know what? <laughs> That's really fucking funny. You know, and I'm Master kind Chief, of okay that that exists. Master Chief pulls out an AK-47 and shoots down Superman. Like, you know, stuff... In 4K? Yeah. Uh, Boruto's <laughs> dad, uh, like, does the... I don't know. I don't know any of the Fortnite dances. Just It's just... It's, it, you know, Naruto does a Kamehameha while he's... Wheel, like, where he has the, 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 the 3D maneuver gear from... Uh, Attack on Titan. From Attack on Titan. Like, if we're talking about multimedia franchise crossovers, Fortnite's definitely got it in the bag, and it's doing it successfully, and it's doing it well. And even though I don't play it, and I know people, like, hate or love the building mode, depending on, like, what it is, but, like, it's just... That is what the game is, and people enjoy it. It's very popular, and it's making a bunch of money. And you know what? Good. If people (laughs) want to have the big crossover 
of their dreams. There's that. There's Super Smash Bros. and all that other stuff, right? And yeah, Magic is now also be kind of becoming the hub of like, hey, what franchises can we convert into a mechanical, functional card or set that accurately or close enough accurately represents the game and media franchise and puts it into a card game where people will be like, you know, I don't play Final Fantasy, but that card seems really good. Sephiroth mm-hmm. seems busted. I'll play Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. I also forgot Final Fantasy was announced for next year, too. I'm looking, I'm trying to grab as accurate articles as possible as reference, but like, there was a Sephiroth. lot of stuff announced at that panel. Yeah. I I know that there are people who don't dig universes beyond, and I have empathy for you, or maybe sympathy for you. I haven't decided which one it is yet. Um, for my money, magic is at its best when it's weird and or different, and I'm tired of generic fantasy lands. And I won't say that like many Magic the Gathering sets are generic fantasy lands, but there's always that that baseline core identity of this is tied to the same fantasy fantasy tropes that like D and D evokes, you know. And I liked Kamigawa a lot because it was different than Zendikar or Ravnica or Tarkir by a lot. I liked New Capenna. And you oh, know what? Tarkir wait. goes in that too. Tarkir goes in that too. I just remembered Tarkir was announced. And right. also, we're going back to Tarkir. We're going back to Tarkir and we're going back to Lorwyn, apparently. I know that one I actively am not excited for. I don't um, like Lorwind hot take. The elves are terrible, but that's a whole other conversation. It's just that, obviously, on one hand, with the scope of the information that is being dropped by Wizards of the Coast in terms of like, hey, these are the sets that are coming out, and this is what you have to look forward to, right? So for some of us, we have to probably wait, like, not even a few months before we get some dinosaur cards in our hands. And some of us (laughs) can't wait to get some Final Fantasy sparkly pretty boys from, like, Final Fantasy 7 or 8 into our decks, um, or the people who love the incredibly popular MMO Final Fantasy 14 that allows you to use the free trial so you can play up to level 70, and so you can play the critically acclaimed expansion Storm... I can't remember the title, but they added another one to the the free trial, which I think is super sweet. (laughs) But, like, like, the other day... I, I was like, hey, let's share some information with my friends. I'm like, hey, Final Fantasy Magic the Gathering set was announced. And one of my friends like was like, cool. And I'm like, it has Final Fantasy 14 in it, apparently, based off some information that is not 100% confirmed. And then the other friend was like, hey, I like Final Fantasy 14. I'm like, done, sold. I will share with you <laughs> the artwork and cards when those things come out. And, you know, when that same conversation or in that same group of people, it was like, hey, Transformers cards are out. And she was like, cool. And then I did a podcast episode about it with her. And it's like, you know, taking people who may have little experience with magic, period, 
now have a way to be like, I am now interested in Magic the Gathering. Hey, Lord of the Rings. A lot of people like Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is a windmill <laughs> slam dunk, like totally fits in to Magic's framework. So it definitely works. It's not only like a set, but also as a way to appeal to people. Um, you know what? I'm a hypocrite on what I said before, and I'll admit it. I was ready to ignore Lord of the Rings because like, oh, great. The, the granddaddy. The Ur example of... Of, of generic fantasy, fantasy land number one and i was like ready to go oh whatever i'll skip this one i fucking love the lord of the rings set the set is so cool and it like i there's a very similar thing going on with me right now and i imagine it'll be a very similar thing if i consume some of at least some of the franchises that are having the crossover right i was i I looked at the cards, and I've never read, obviously I, I've mentioned it, I've never read Lord of the Rings, but I watched the three Lord of the Rings movies, and then I was looking at the set, and I'm like, who's this person? Okay, look at the card. Okay, cool. Who's this person? They're not named in the movie, and they don't have much of a part. Okay, they have a card. I learned that this person did a thing in the in the book that was not shown in the movie. Okay, cool, they didn't make it. And then, now with Baldur's Gate 3... That I played way too much of already ever since it came out on, what was it, <laughs> Thursday or Friday? Um, I'm like, oh, it's this person from this card. Or it's this person being depicted in this card. I'm like, that is a spell. That is a, a enchantment. That's a background. That's a piece of equipment. I'm like, this is amazing. I now have better understanding of both things at the same time. And then, <laughs> and then you know, I'm like, oh, hey, that's Carlac. I love her as a character. I also love her card, but anytime I see, I play against her as a card, I'm like, oh, no. And then anytime <laughs> I see a Lazelle in play, I'm like, Lazelle is an amazing Magic the Gathering card. And then I see Lazelle, and I'm like, I hate you. I hate your guts. I hate everything you stand for. You are a <laughs> terrible character. I hope you die. And then I killed her. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Lazelle. Why do I not remember who Lazelle is? Which one is that? It's a card. It's a yes. mono, mono card with choose a background, plus one anytime something would get a counter on it. Oh, it, she's the gif. Yes. She's the gif Yankee, isn't yeah, she? Yeah. Um, save she's her the for very, me. very racist gif. Super do I was like, oh, this is... I've been told that there are a lot of very, very racist characters in Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, yes? It's very... It's very. It's. I mean, that's D and D for you. That's D and D. A lot of the plot in traditional D and D, like as per the game, comes out of the boxes, racial tension based. I mean, which isn't great. No, but it's, at least it's. Uh, I, yes, it's I don't have a quote I, realistic. I don't know. It's quote it, unquote. I would uh, prefer it if you didn't. No, but that's it's, okay. It's it, like I mean, it's. I'm sure that's a whole, that's a discussion I think someone much more experienced and educated uh, would be able to make than anything I could say. Um, but it is something it's... that existed in the game. And, and I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. Um, I will not do that, what you just told me to do, Lazel, And I will therefore beat you to death with an axe. How does that sound? Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just... There is magic has become that um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Or the phrase? I don't know. Like it, it, melting it is, pot. Yeah, like you know, if if Fortnite is that melting pot for all those franchises, Magic is now the melting pot of all these franchises. And yeah, they don't necessarily all have to be fantasy. I mean, the fact that New Capenna had like you were more like. Yeah, like they had a train, they had a trolley system, and and all this other stuff that they talk about. Um, Outlaws at Thunder Junction, like yes, it's going to be an old west style set. I don't expect anyone just to whip out a gun, but I'm sure they got something I that do. acts <laughs> like. I mean, look, if someone so- pulls out a six piece, I'm like, great, we got revolvers. That's fantastic. But if someone also like pulls out a fancy magic gauntlet thing that happens to shoot, I don't know, fireballs or electricity, but the functionality is still essentially the same. I'm like, cool, yeehaw, let's go, I'm in. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm immediately sold because, like you said, it is it is not a direct one-to-one comparison of your traditional European mid-to-high magical fantasy genre. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're expanding out a lot. And that also means, I, I feel as if that a lot of the conventions of regular fantasy can be flipped on their head or defied because they are allowing themselves to expand out that much. Mm-hmm. It could open design up in super weird ways. Like, the fact that they made vehicles, right? That was something that was like, okay, if we go to a world that has technology in some way, shape, or form that allows them to, like, fly around move things around, have big things, small things. How does, how is cultivation of, of like food and grain stuff done? Like that we get cultivators caravan and stuff like that. So vehicles are that what comes next after that, you know, and dermo taxi. Exactly. <laughs> so sorry no i mean Not, heck i wouldn't have i'm like what's dermo taxi is that a, no wait that's an actual card that's right it's an okay. actual card yeah it lets you imprint something out of a graveyard uh and it becomes the vehicle becomes a copy of the creature except it's a vehicle you know we go to kamigawa and they're like let's put a demon soul in t- inside a mech shorikai you're like mm-hmm. sick all right yeah i'm i'm, I'm down shorikai is a sweet card i love i love shorikai <gasps> i could put shorikai in my narset list he's not a creature he could, could be cast from ah there we go see we're solving problems we didn't even know we had <laughs> make pilots uh get in the robot shinji get get in the get robot in narset the robot. <laughs> oh my goodness and the tokens will have prowess yes Gosh. it's kind of oh, gross so it's pretty cool. that's pretty disgusting yeah and, and then like you know we kind of examining back at, at at what what magic has done story-wise it's like all right we have the omen paths planeswalkers are losing their sparks i've heard as a consequence now we will be seeing far less planeswalkers and set apparently they're going to try to keep them to once per set give or take mm-hmm. and maybe one or two which you know what from a story it's gonna make every single chandra printing sting so much more yeah true Um, it's okay it's ashiok this time which i i love that hey we don't know what they've been up to but uh besides giving nightmares to people and screwing people around and it's just yeah i'm finally glad to see that now that we've settled the whole phyrexian business we can now settle back into the what are the actual planner issues and what are the planner issues that are coming as a consequence of just touch and base with another plane we may or may not be familiar with? That isn't just a, I'm a planeswalker that's going to reshape reality or 
mess your things up like your nickel bolus. Like it's gonna be <laughs> um Ashiok's the only out context problem, causing problems on a plane where there's gonna be a civil war between two twin siblings and Garrick's nowhere to be found and um and then we'll take a break and go somewhere else and we'll go rob a train with with Rakdos. <laughs> Could you imagine that? You're like Oh my gosh. Uh, you're just that like, oh, uh, we're so just awesome. you're just on the train, mind your own business. Suddenly the train just like gets picked up. And you're like, what is happening? And then Rakdos is like, give me your money. <laughs> <laughs> this is a robbery. Give me your money. And then oh, it's gonna be I pointed it out. I tweeted about it in response to something Eliana said, but I could totally see with the omen paths open up. Like Rakdos's whole story is that he slept slept for a long time woke up demanded entertainment helped solve an apocalypse went back to sleep woke up a couple years later demanded entertainment helped solve an apocalypse went back to sleep now he could just leave ravnica and retire and i love that for him i mean hey i the the way i look at it i'm like listen if we can have some red dead redemption style shenanigans and and Jace is like, I got a goddamn plan, <laughs> and it's like, rat. I don't know. I I just feel as if that there's a lot of cool story stuff that can be done with a magic twist on it. Where you're like, yes, you can get your old Western flair, but then you're brought back down to earth as you remember that you're playing Magic: The Gathering, and you're like, wait, that guns and equipment. What can I I I I can play Boros Equipments with guns now. That's great. Your steel paladin, pick that up. <laughs> the, the real thing that could have saved the Mirins the first time. Guns. <laughs> it worked for the new Capenans. Yeah. We so. just have to understand that if Magic the Gathering gave more planes guns, the Phyrexians wouldn't have been such big. Nickel Bolas is like, what do you got there? And you're like, I got hot iron and <laughs> let me shoot you I, with it. And he's like, I, I have to imagine that Nickel Bolas just had a big shotgun in his closet. And because he's in the in the world building of the, the story, that's what it's called. Tezzeret said Nicobolas's step one after becoming a god was to blow up New Phyrexia to get rid of it as a potential threat. And I just imagined that there was a cupboard in the back locked with a big shotgun that said for Phyrexia. See step two. Get off my property. <laughs> get off my plane. Uh solve so many problems. I mean and I look at it also from a, this standpoint, mostly as a commander player, because I, I just love that, you know, when you look at magic and you look how it was introduced to people, it's like, okay, you are two super powerful wizards dueling it out till one of you dies or whatever. You're like, cool. And then commander's like, you lead an army of multiverse's worst or best creatures or whatever, you know, whatever you come up with, with a commander that represents, like, like what you want out of the deck it, it's a part of like who you are as a person your expression and now we're hitting the point where it's like again i, I always talk about the chun Li versus gandalf versus megatron example and i mm. love using that example because that that is that is what the game is becoming and i think that's super cool because you could be like yeah i don't know how to tell you guys this this is a crazy story but uh a giant robot that could transform into a tank was fighting a police officer with thighs the size of Jupiter, and some dude called Rick, 
who was surviving <laughs> in the post-apocalypse, I guess. But those humans are packing a punch now. So, I mean, you know, we gotta, we gotta just gotta work with that. But, like, and now we're gonna go where Cloud Strike is gonna have the Buster Sword or whatever. And, like, that, that is the reality that we're gonna have. And I am so pumped to see what people come up with and what the cards look like when those sets come out at some point. And we're gonna still have our good old classic magic sets. The same old, you know, and uh, with just more modern design stuff and magic twists, and we'll see, we'll see what happens at the end of it. And like, I don't know, I'm just excited. I li- I'll, also Fallout, just Fallout. It's just Fallout for me. It's just I'm looking forward to Fallout. That's it. I want power <laughs> armor. I want power armor as like an equipment or something, or the Brotherhood of Steel. And I could just yell because Fallout Four is a terrible game, but I love it. I'll just go add Victorium and launch a mini new <laughs> from from the the Fat Man, and I love every second of it. And I will kill you in one shot with Rexy. Yeah, I ex- I expect that to happen in a commander table near you. I want Rexy and the Indominus Rex. There are a bunch of others that there could, that could be, but those are the two that I really want to have cards. Yeah. Oh, they happy. should. They should be. They should honestly. Like if they didn't, that'd be absolutely insane. I mean, you make an entire franchise around dinosaurs, and like the T Rex is the like Pokemon's done it. I actually it was funny. I thought you'd find this funny. There was a choose your Pokemon list thing, like choose mm-hmm. your favorite of each generation, and then you narrow it down from that list that you chose. Mm-hmm. And I I put the list together, and then I send it to someone, and she's like, "Geez, you really have some like young boy loves dinosaur energy." And I'm like, <laughs> "I don't know how to take that personally, but I do like a lot of reptilian dinosaur like." Pokemon, all right? You leave me alone. Walking, Walking Wake is my favorite Pokemon. It came out of the gate in Scarlet Violet, uh, like, second wave DLC. Yeah. It's, it's a Raptor Suicune. Became my favorite dinosaur instantly. Honestly, Second I favorite dinosaur, Tyrantrum, the giant T-Rex. The giant T-Rex. I want a freaking shiny version of that one so bad. The blue is so good. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know, basically, any time that I can get my hands on dragons or dinosaurs or a combination of the two, I don't know how that works, in, like, any type of, of, of game, and I can somehow utilize it, I'm, like, super down. I'm like, dragon powers? Sweet. I can play as a dinosaur? Cool. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Wreck them. And, it's, you know, same <laughs> thing with, like, magic and, and Pokemon and everything. It's just, you know, it's it's very, I'm very easy to please Mr. Fitzy Fitz uh, called me out. He's like, I'm like, oh man, this looks great. He's like, you think every, you think everything looks great. I'm like, yeah, well, God, yeah. what a miserable experience you must have thinking that every magic set is exciting instead of ruining the game as we know it. How yeah. do you sleep at night? How do I? I sleep well enough. Thank you very much. Yeah, Magic 2024 is going to look pretty crazy, and we're. We still got, hold on, so we're in August now. We got, <laughs> got Eldraine, and we got Ixalan, which, hey, also, yes. the fact that they're like, hey, let's take a look at Ixalan for a second, it's been a hot minute. Angels are back, because it turns out they were fighting a war, or, or defending something down in the subterranean tunnels and environment that is Ixalan, and I'm like, 
got yeah big journey to the center of the earth vibes i'm digging it and they're like and there's some gods coming out of the woodwork or from the oh, from the from the depths and i'm like so cool. i'm like all right so you got a skull face but you got a dinosaur arm and you got lightning and going on in the background uh you're kind of cool don't know what's going mm. on there but hey we got some gods coming back and it's like that's a cool way to wrap up the end of the year once we finally get around to I it. I hope that that's a dinosaur demon. That would be the coolest type line Dinosaur possible. demon god? Mm, there we go. That'd be kind of sweet. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot... Of, I, I think there's going to be a lot of cool things coming around. Like, I don't know. I am very excited. I hope everyone out there, if you are excited for something, you're excited for it. And do not let other people's negativity ruin your opinion and ruin your time with this stuff. Because, uh, as usual, it's a great time to be playing Magic. Mm-hmm. But hey, I think we're we're kind of coming up to the hour mark. Uh, yeah, light. I think I'm settled, Foss. Uh, we're settled. Yeah, yeah. Light. What is there's some there's uh, something you said that's coming up in October, correct? Uh, yeah, Praetors for Chain. We're going to be running another charity event. Uh, it's going to be cool. I'm not going to repeat the information that I shared near the beginning of the episode. However, if you go follow us on Praetors, the number four change at Twitter. At? at, Oh, no, I'm losing my words. At Praetors, the number four change dot com. No, at. That's just it. Oh my no, god, what is wrong with me? How does, I'm tw- how does Twitter work? I don't know anymore. <laughs> Twitter, at Praetors for Change. There it is. There you That's go. That's the whole thing. Follow us. For better or worse, we tweet primarily as our way of communicating. Until this, until the, the site actually breaks, it'll probably be our main communication platform. We'll be sharing some some fun- functional, actionable information soon. If you want to get involved, especially, keep an eye out. I'm very excited for it. Because I might get to play Urabrask and or whoever fought against the Phyrexians. I don't know, I guess we'll just wait and see. We've trimmed the list down. It needs another revision. But, like, the first version was about 300 legendary creatures. And I'm like, hey, we could make this smaller. It doesn't need to be this big. Holy smokes, that's crazy. But yeah, look forward to all that. Um, and uh, that is it for this episode of Uncommon Commander. I normally don't do a more formal outro like that, but I'm doing it now. <laughs> wow. As usual. You're just breaking all the rules because it's yeah, season three. Just, it's season three. Who cares? Uh, it's my rules. Um, yeah, you can check the list uh, that Light's got out as usual in the description. I'll put the links and everything in there as usual. And thank you all for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye!